Pelican at 25, a brewer's brewery. The following is a Birvana audio blog. Please forgive verbal fumbles and stumbles. And when you're done listening, consider supporting the partners that make this site possible. Guinness Brewing in Dublin, Ireland and Baltimore, Maryland. Free Family Brewers in Hood River, Oregon. And Rubens Brews in Seattle, Washington. Pacific City, Oregon is an unlikely beachhead for an empire. A sleepy, one-time fishing village of a thousand, it is off the beaten path, in this case Highway 101, and easy to miss if you don't turn right on Sand Lake Road. Despite the fleet of dory boats that still ply the waters, the town is now mostly a vacation destination. But even that doesn't guarantee success on the coast, where former breweries outnumber surviving ones by a fair margin. Summer crowds are large, for sure, but they vanish in the fall and don't return again for months. Yet Pelican Brewery has not only managed to survive, but thrive, expanding to three locations, with a fourth on the way, including a production brewery that now fuels volumes of more than 40,000 barrels a year. So-called legacy brewers have, been faring, have not been faring well lately, but Pelican has managed to grow even during COVID. Pelican hasn't succeeded by chasing trends either. The brewery, headed since the first batch by Darren Welch, continues to make a range of the kind of well-crafted, true-to-style ales and lagers that have made it the most decorated brewery in Oregon. As it turns 25, Pelican offers a case study on how to age gracefully. A modest start. Pacific City is one of the most beautiful spots on Oregon's extraordinary coast. A spit of sandy rock shoots out into the sea at the north end of town, Cape Kowanda, yet one's eye is inevitably drawn to the 340-foot basalt rock a mile offshore. The original Pelican Brew Pub sits literally on the beach, its parking lot is often obscured by sand, and positioned to take in these sites. It's got one of the best views in the world. It's also a perfect location for a brewery. Who doesn't want to come off the beach and grab a beer? And it may even be better in the winter when storms blow in and provide the drama of crashing skies and surf. Yet, when Jeff Shawns and Mary Jones bought the derelict building Pelican would one day inhabit, they had no plan for it. The senior partners in Pelican today have been doing some real estate work in Pelican City, Darren said. They met with the previous owner of what is now the Pelican building. They were talking about real estate, and apparently there was a lot of wine consumed, and they woke up the next morning and said, Holy shit, did we buy a piece of property yesterday? Only then did they begin to seriously consider what to do with it. And then there's a f lovely photo here uh, with the caption. Built in the early 1970s, the original Pelican building was a diner, pizza parlor, and then used seasonally as a beach re rental and had been vacant for 10 years before Jeff and Mary bought it. They didn't know anything about brewing, and the first order of business was finding a brewer. In 1995, they attended a brewer's conference in Portland that was happening the same weekend as the Oregon Brewers Festival. A native Oregonian, Darren Welch, had turned his homebrewing hobby into a professional gig and was working at a brew pub in Appleton, Wisconsin. Though the brewery was pouring at the OBF and their brewer was attending the conference, the owner didn't pick up his tab, so Darren was attending on his own dime and time. He therefore felt no guilt when he responded to a want ad on the bulletin board, 1995, remember, saying, Beachfront Brewery needs a brewer. He has been there ever since. A Brewer's Brewery Breweries have many different approaches to making and selling beer. Making the beer obviously falls to the brewer, but decisions about the kinds of beers the brewery makes, their different product lines, branding approaches, and annual calendar often issue from the owner or the sales and marketing departments. That's especially true of breweries the size of Pelican, with six-packs in grocery stores throughout the Northwest. It's rarer for breweries to follow the lead of a brewer, 
but that's how it's still done at Pelican. The one change, and it really emphasized to me how much this is a brewer's brewery, is that marketing, the marketing team now has some input. In the last 12 months or so, we started getting a little input from marketing about the trends that they're seeing, the feedback they're seeing on social media, and that sort of thing, Darren said. Perhaps it's a legacy of the way Jeff and Mary built the business, relying on their brewer for all things beery. He's now a part owner. Yet it's also absolutely integral to the brewery's identity. As I was speaking to Darren, I mentioned that I, could, uh, I felt I could always spot a Pelican beer. He seemed a little surprised by that, but his anniversary, anniversary collaborators and former assistant brewers, Whitney Burnside and Ben Love, immediately agreed. It doesn't matter if the beer in question is a cream ale, a stout, or an IPA. There's just a Pelican-ness about the way Darren makes beers. It starts with fidelity to style. One reason Pelican has enough metals to fill a dragon's hoard. When Pelican releases a particular beer, it's usually dead center in the middle of the style parameters. More important to the character of the beer is the way the composition, flavors, and other elements are always in perfect focus. There's an almost mathematical quality to the way the beers emerge, as if a metronome hidden inside Darren's brain is keeping perfect time. Of course, as he's become more self-assured, the brewery's approach to beer has become more refined. In the early years, we made a whopping four beers plus a seasonal, he said, marveling at how things had changed. This has made the process of beer development more stringent, though, not less. I push all of our R&D people to really describe the beer, what it looks like, smells like, tastes like, what the overall impression is. Tell me why this beer needs to exist. How does it fit into our lineup? How does it fit into the world of beer? Paint me a picture and tell me a story about this beer. Why is it important? Why do we need to work on it? Tracking the evolution of the industry, Pelican now makes a lot more than four beers. 11 year-round beers and 26 planned package releases this year, excluding the dozens of one-offs and draft-only beers they'll make in the pubs, if you're counting. The types of beer the brewery makes has also shifted. More than half the core line are hoppy ales, though only one is hazy, and it's more partly cloudy than full-on milkshake. Some of the classics from the early days, like Doryman's Dark, have entered retirement. Keeping up with consumer trends, Pelican makes more offerings with fruit than they, and they have a cocktail beer, but they've also started making more lagers too. And in one case, the trends have caught up with Pelican, their strong barrel-aged specialties Darren first made for sipping while watching those winter storms. 25th Anniversary Collaborations Among Pelican's many legacies are the brewers who have worked with Darren and gone on to other places. With 80 inches of rain a year, coastal living isn't for everyone. To celebrate their quarter century, Pelican is collaborating with some of the notables on a series of four Bird Day beers throughout the year. First up, and available very soon, is a collaboration with Ten Barrels Whitney Burnside. They started by thinking about uh, fun beers made during Whitney's tenure, 2012 to 2015, and recalled Grendy Love, a low-alcohol Belgian stout named for the squat submarine-like British tanks. So we started thinking, she said, Maybe we should go in the dark beer direction. Eventually, we came up with an imperial porter with cocoa nibs and passion fruit. Whitney has a culinary background and has become well-known in Portland for her unexpected creations, often employing fruit. A fruit porter? That sounds like a perfect blend of the two brewer styles. It should come off as a big chocolate note up front with a suggestion of passion fruit. I'm really interested to see how that tartness shines through, she said. Next up is Gigantic's Ben Love, who came to Pelican in 
2004 from, amazingly, the same small brew pub in Wisconsin Darren started at. And like Darren, he was a native Oregonian looking to get back home. In thinking through their collaboration, Ben also recalled the beers he liked during his tenure. He remembered Surfer Summer Ale. But once I heard that they were what they were doing with Whitney, I realized we could spend some money, Ben said laughing. I'm a big Mezcal fan, and I've been drinking a lot of it over the past year, so I pitched the idea of a beer like of a beer like a cocktail I've been making at home. It's basically just Mezcal and citrus fruit. He knew where he could source Mezcal barrels, so the idea was a riff on the two inspirations, summer ale and cocktail. It's a golden ale base, then adding some fruit puree to the fermentation, and we're still deciding on which. The beer will then go in into three different varieties of Mezcal barrels for 12 weeks, shooting for a May release, which will coincide with the actual anniversary date. The following two beers will be made in conjunction with Jason Shoneman of Steel Toe Brewing in August and Hutch Kugeman of Brooklyn Brewery, November. A legacy brewery should leave a legacy. It's valuable to consider Pelican in light of some other older Oregon brewers, breweries that have lost their way. Portland Brewing closed just a week ago and offers a great contrast. Unlike Pelican, Portland cycled through brewers and continued to shift their identity over the years, even at one point their name. Pelican has had remarkable stability. In a moment when the market favors experimentation and change, that may seem like a downside. Yet the brewery's growth in the past five years suggests something different. By making beers familiarly Pelican-esque, the brewery can continue to offer new beers that scratch the novelty itch, but still satisfy their loyal customers. A Pelican beer may be new, but it's still a Pelican beer. I think there's an important lesson here. This gets back to a fundamental idea I have about beer, Darren said. There's a time and a place for each beer, and with our background as a family-friendly brew pub, we've had people from all walks of life. We needed to offer as broad a picture of the world of beer as we possibly could. Pelican has been attentive to trends, but they've never chased them, and the beers have always conformed to Darren's approach. He may like bitterness, so his hoppy beers tend to be sharp and clean. As a brewer of a certain age, he hasn't started wearing a blazer to work, he seems to prefer traditional styles and is particularly adept at those that come from Britain. This may not be enormously fashionable, but it has become Pelican's very clear identity, one that appeals to a broad swath of drinkers. The lesson? Clarity of purpose is a good thing. Too many breweries have no identity, no sense of self. Like a writer finding their voice, a brewer-led brewery tends to grow more familiar over time. It becomes the focus of the brewery's identity. When you look at the grand old breweries of Europe, you find a similar clarity, one that has spoken to drinkers across the generations. As we enter the latest era in, American, in the American brewing experiment, Pelican may offer important clues about the way forward. It's a legacy brewery that is growing and changing, all the while staying true to itself. Here's to another 25.